This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. What's up, America? Did y'all see the game last night? Commanders at Philly at the link. And undefeated streak no more. The Miami Dolphins can stop popping bottles because another year has gone 50 years and 50 teams have not been able to go undefeated. The Eagles were a double-digit favorite at the link. 8-0, and they lost to the Commanders, who have been playing well as of late, being the Green Bay Packers, being the Indianapolis Colts. Um, They lost a close one to the Vikings. But all in all, the Commanders went into the link, and they played the brand of football that they know how to win. Make a game ugly, get some turnovers in late in the fourth quarter, have the game at hand, and take advantage. And that's what they did. They had a masterful game plan to the T. Time of possession, they had 40 minutes. The, uh, the Eagles had 19. Total yards, they had 330. The Eagles had 264. They rushed the ball for 152 yards, and the Eagles had 94. Now, Eagles did have some injuries, had guys not there like the uh, first-round pick, Jordan Davis. But still, all in all, they beat them and just beat them outright. Now, there were some calls that were egregious. People were talking about that last one where Heineke, where it, it was not roughing the passer, you know, um, at the end. But let's just call it what it is. If that happened to your team and they did not call it, y'all be throwing fits. That is the right call. The man was on his knee. And then out of nowhere, Brandon Graham hits him, who's a vet in this game. He just flat out hit him. Just, just. Just, just call it what it is. I hated that the game ended like that. I wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the ball back one more time and try to make a play. But that was unnecessary roughness by the defense, 15-yard penalty. Mind you, the Eagles only had one timeout left, and that was third down when this occurred, and it's less than two minutes. So it's good night, Irene. Get the bus rolling because this game is over. This game is over. Warm up that bus. This game is a wrap. But the commanders, I got to give them credit. They played well. They scored in every single quarter. And Taylor Heineke is the starting quarterback moving forward. Period. End of story. Just period. End of story. This man, every time he plays, he gives you all you got. He gives you all he has. He just does. Taylor Heineke is a baller. He just is. And he's not, his numbers don't look gaudy, but he's going to give you all he got. He's going to be in this league for a long time. And 
the commanders are five and five now. And they're gonna make they're gonna make a team be disappointed at the end of the year why they weren't able to go where they're gonna go. The commanders not gonna make the playoffs, but they're gonna wreck shop. And if they do make the playoffs, they're gonna be the seventh seed. And another person I want to give a huge shout out to, because people have been maligning him for the last couple of weeks, especially earlier in the season. But Ron Rivera is a damn good coach. He's not a great one. I was informed of this. He's not a great one. And it's okay. But all he does is maximize the talent that he has. Has he made mistakes? Yes. Especially in this role now, him being a GM and coach. Has he made some bad decisions? Yes. But anytime his team is on the field, they look to maximize the talent that's on the field and they make the best out of the situation. His first year, they won the division despite having a losing record. This season, they're five and five. And had you told me they were going to be five and five compared to everybody else in that division, i.e., the Cowboys and the Eagles, I'd have said that's probably where they're going to be, if not worse. Um, two years ago, they beat the Steelers at Pittsburgh, at Heinz Field, when they were 11 and 0. And they beat the Eagles um, at the link. They're, they're the underdog, and the Eagles were 8-0, and the first coach to ever do that. So I just got to give credit to Ron Rivera. And he, let's just be real, he coaches for the worst uh, owner in all of sports, who will be, you know, selling the team sooner rather than later, according to Adam Schefter, ESPN. Now, Let's take to talk about the other game. We're not talking about the Sunday night football game. I'm sorry. We just not. Okay. The Chargers lost. The 49ers won. Chargers are banged up. It is what it is. Okay. The game. There's two games that we're going to talk about. The first one is the Dallas Cowboys versus the Green Bay Packers. Another woeful underdog in Lambeau. Cowboys are going up into Lambeau. They're up. 14 to 28 in the fourth quarter, the Dallas Cowboys lose that game. They just lose that game. And people want to talk about the offense and Mike McCarthy, but y'all don't ever give Mike McCarthy credit when they win. So why y'all giving him all the blame when they lose? I'm sick and tired of it. Either y'all going to give him credit when they win, as well as the blame when he loses, or y'all just not going to give him credit or blame. Blame other people. What I'm going to do is I'm going to blame him because I give him credit when they win. This man, it is, one, y'all should have kept running the ball. The Cowboys should have kept running the ball. The, the Cowboys had well over 114 yards on the ground. But they threw it 46 times. I knew this was going to happen when they inserted Dak in, which is they're going to keep throwing the ball because Dak is so much better at throwing the football than Cooper Rush. But when you do that, you better be right. You better hit home. And Dak Prescott was flat out not good last game. He just wasn't. Against the Packers, he was, he was straight garbage. He was. He was. When the rubber meeted the road, he couldn't get it done. 
Now, this the first pick, people want to say, oh, you could blame it on the receiver. That was Dak's fault. The second pick that he had when CeeDee Lamb was supposed to run that dig route, and no, he didn't run that dig route and left his quarterback hanging, that's on CeeDee Lamb. That's on C.D. Lamb, and he had a career day. He had 11 for a buck 50 and two tubs. But the story at the end of the day is that Green Bay defense making it hard on the Cowboys and the Cowboys' inability to continue to run the ball. Dak Prescott should have never thrown that ball more than 30 times. You saw what the Green Bay Packers did. Oh, they ran the ball. They had well over 200 yards because they know the formula. Hey, we run the rock against this Cowboys' defense. And we don't turn the ball over and we'll win. And that's exactly what happened. If you look at the, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, did he throw any picks? No. They had some fumbles? Yes. But uh, by and large, the offense was clean. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon played well. Christian Watson had his breakout game, you know, he had four catches, three touchdowns, a buck 07. So when you look at this team, the Green Bay Packers, are they dead? Are they dead yet? No. Just like Aaron Rodgers said. But the Cowboys, they need to play better because moving forward, they got a hellacious schedule to end the season. Having to play the Giants and uh the Eagles. And they got Minnesota coming up. So the Cowboys need to take care of business. They need to be able to stop the run because every single team now knows the formula. Get the game close, run the football, control time of possession, which the Packers did. And we'll see what happens moving forward. Now, the game of the season, the game of the season we need to talk about. The game of the season, I'm going to say it one more time, the game of the season. Vikings, Bills, Kirk Cousins, my favorite cousin, rolled up into Buffalo and took care of business. Took care of the business. Now, before the season started, if somebody had asked me, which somebody did, shout out to my boy Jimmy. He asked me, who do I think is the best receiver in all of football? And I think I got to three names before I got to that man, Jetta, Justin Jefferson. I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, Tyreek been a bad boy, and I think he's the best receiver in football. But right after that, that man, Justin Jefferson, I don't know if there's another receiver that's better than him. He He's just phenomenal. That fourth quarter catch. Fourth and 18, Kirk Cousins said, well, if we're going to lose, I'm going to go to our best player. And he went and he got that. Justin Jefferson had the best catch I've ever seen. He, it just is. It's just the best catch. Odell's catch reigned supreme for a damn near decade. No more. Justin Jefferson's catch is the best catch I've ever seen especially given the circumstances. Now, all time, especially in the playoffs, Tyree in the Super Bowl, yes. You know, he got that in the Super Bowl. Giants, Patriots, you know, the helmet catch. 
But in the regular season, oh, no. Justin Jefferson has the best catch I've ever seen. And he was phenomenal. Ten receptions, a buck 93, and a touchdown. That man was sensational. And the Minnesota Vikings have won game after game after game after game by one possession. These same games they were losing last year, they're winning this year. And Kirk Cousins has the most fourth-quarter drives. And let's just call a spade a spade. The Buffalo Bills offensively are too Josh Allen-centric. I know of a team that was similar like this, and it didn't end for them well. And that was the Carolina Panthers. They were way too Cam Newton-centric. The only problem is, is that Cam Newton didn't have a Gabe Davis, which that wasn't a catch, by the way. And the NFL need to come out and say that. That was despicable. But they don't have he, uh, Cam Newton never had a Stephon Diggs. Cam Newton never had a, a Knox. Didn't have the requisite weapons that Josh Allen has. And Josh Allen is not taking care of the football. He has 10 picks this season, which leads the NFL. He needs to do better. You saw what he did against my Jets, just throwing the ball to Jordan Whitehead. Throwing the ball to Sauce Gardner. And you saw what he did this this game against the Minnesota Vikings. He said, now nah, I'm not going to throw two picks to two different people. I'm going to just throw one. I'm going to just throw two picks to the same person. Pat P. Pat P was left for dead. Went to Minnesota. His first year was okay. Yeah, it was it was a below average given his, you know, his greatness. And then this season, it's been eh. But now everybody think Pat P playing well because he got two picks on Josh Allen. The Minnesota Vikings are one of the best teams in all of football. They're they're one of the top teams in the NFC. And it's going to be a great end to the finish with Minnesota, the way they're winning and they're beating teams and how the Cowboys Eagles are going to shake out in the NFC East now that the Eagles have lost. And more importantly, this whole Kirk Cousins thing, hey, the man winning, Kirk Cousins winning. He got the five chains on, on the private jet back home. The man is winning football games. And when the rubber meets the road, he makes plays because he has the best receiver in all of football, either him or Tyreek and Justin Jefferson. Now, America. I didn't talk about it last week, but I got to talk about it this week. It is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, if you've been on social media, if you've not been living under a rock, has been suspended from the uh, Brooklyn Nets uh, for at least five games um, and maybe even more. The five games have already passed with the Lakers um, game this past weekend, and we're just waiting to see if Kyrie Irving is going to be back on the court. Um the reason why he got suspended, if you've been living under a rock, is because of um, his promotion of a film that has anti-Semitic tropes. I'm going to just say this about Kyrie Irving. One, two things can be true. One, Kyrie apologized. Kyrie 
um, explained himself, and Kyrie deserves to play. And he should be able to play, and he should be able to be on the court right now. What they're doing to this man is just despicable. They're treating him like he's some, like he's some fifth grade student or something. That Joe Sy is saying that he needs to do this, you know, this step program in order to get back on the court. I've seen other players in other situations. I've seen people in society done worse and been able to go back to their profession, i.e. the cops that have killed black people, been able to go back to their job like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. You have players like a Riley Cooper who called black people the N-word caught on camera and get an extension from the Philadelphia Eagles. If you don't know who Riley Cooper is, look him up. Because that did happen. He called people the N-word and he was able to not only keep his job, but get an extension. You have players that have made mistakes, players that have said things, have done wrong things, and they've been able to keep their jobs. You have people in society that have been able to go right back to their jobs after making a mistake. So I don't want to hear this, this dude being able to not go back to playing basketball. If you want to suspend him for five games, cool. But having a step program to show that he's learned um, the error of his ways and no apology People can know if it's authentic or not. But he did apologize, and he needs to be able to go back on the court. Now, the second thing that can also be true is that every single year is something with Kyrie, either on the court or off the court. Now, I'm sick and tired of this. Kevin Durant doesn't deserve this. Kevin Durant is only there because you're there. Kyrie Irving needs to do better by his teammates point but if not for the coach for his teammates because they're the ones that have to answer questions about you they're the ones that have have this um cloud over their head every single season it's something with Kyrie if you look at Boston his first year they got hurt like i said sometimes it's on the court he got injured Okay, the next season, he tells Boston fans, hey, I'll be here if you have me, and then ended up leaving. The first year in Brooklyn, he doesn't play because he doesn't want to play without KD because KD's hurt. On top of that, he's vice president of the Players Association, and he's telling players, don't go to the bubble. Okay, whatever, they come back the very next year. He gets hurt. Um, they don't advance as far as they, they want to. Right, it is what it is. Once again, on the court, he gets hurt. The very next season is the vaccine. But yeah, he's out here partying with people. He's out here leaving folks high and dry. 
he's out here missing work because he's traumatized of what happened in the nation's capital with the terrorists that invaded the U.S. Capitol. There's always something with Kyrie. Kyrie the dude that think he woke, but he not. He don't do research. He found some stuff on Twitter and like Instagram and make it like it's his, it's like, oh, this is the end all be all. He don't do real, real research. Now, I will say this about Kyrie. Things that have transpired with him have brought light to other people. Because let's just call a spade a spade. Yes, Kyrie did what he did. But we now know what Joe Sabi doing. That genocide that's been happening. And y'all know what I'm talking about. So Joe Sabi, your hands, your hands ain't clean. Kyrie needs to play. Enough of this treating him like he's some middle schooler telling him he got to do A, B, and C before he can get back on the court. Unless you're going to flat out release him, which you have more in your right to do. I've seen players get released. You can do that. Don't treat him like he's some, he's a grown man. He apologized. You suspended him for a couple of games. Okay, cool. He should be back on the court. Period. Now, we're going to get into our last topic. You know, obviously, it is week 11, and we got some games to pick. The first is a Thursday night game, Titans-Packers. I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with the Packers. Bears-Falcons. I'm going to go with the Bears. The Bears are the first team to score 30 in three games and not win one of them. I think that changes this week. Justin Fields has been using his legs the coaching staff has designed more QB runs, and I think the Chicago Bears will go into Atlanta and win. Browns, Bills, the Browns this season is um, about to have a new because Deshaun Watson has now been able to practice, and he's been able to um, you know participate in, in team meetings and everything. So. That doesn't matter because the Browns play the Bills and the Bills are pissed off. They will beat them. The Bills will win by at least double digits. Commanders, Texans, I have the, the Commanders winning. They're going to be 6-5. and five. They're going to beat the Texans. The Texans are not that good, especially on the offensive side. Eagles, Colts, the Eagles are pissed off. They're going into um, Lincoln Oil Stadium with Jeff Saturday coaching on a Sunday, and I think the Colts are going to lose. The Colts are going to lose to the Eagles. Um, you have Detroit versus the Giants. This is a bye week for the Giants as they prepare for the Cowboys. The Giants will win. You got the Panthers, Ravens. Ravens will win this game. It should be an easy one. Rams, Saints. I got the Saints winning this game the Rams season is over so now now i didn't mention this game of the one o'clock games or the thursday night game because i was waiting for this for last jets patriots the jets will win enough for this
this season has been great. But we got to beat the Patriots. We got to go into New England and beat the Patriots. No, it's no more. No more of this. Oh, we're having a good season even though it. No! We got to beat the Patriots. This is like college. This is like this is like Michigan being Ohio State. You have to beat the Patriots. We already beat the Dolphins. We already beat the Bears. We have to beat the Patriots. Now, we saw them last time, and we got robbed of that pick six. But that makes no excuse why we should have lost that game. We should beat the Patriots flat out. If the Jets don't beat the Patriots, I'm on somebody. Zach Wilson. I don't want to see no picks. I don't want to see no fumbles, no turnovers. Get it done. Beat the Patriots. If I got to hear Mac Jones playing, outplaying Zach Wilson, I'm going to lose it. Mac Jones been. Looking horrible this whole season. Mac and cheese. Boy, he not even Velveeta cheese. He's trash. Stop the run. Don't turn the ball over. The Jets should win by 10. Now, 4 o'clock games. Raiders, Broncos, both these teams are trash. The Raiders find new ways to lose. Got the Broncos winning. Bengals, Steelers, the Bengals, <laughs> I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think the Steelers, for some reason, they just have the Bengals number. And they're playing in Heinz Field. I got the Steelers. Cowboys, Vikings, to me, this is the best game of the weekend. And I got first cousins. Chiefs, Chargers, the Chiefs are rolling. The charges are decimated, especially on the defensive line. Yeah, this is going to be at least a 10-point game um, by the Chiefs. And the Monday Night Football game, Cardinals, 49ers. Y'all know the 49ers is going to win. The 49ers will win. So there you have it. This proved me wrong. Where I prove y'all wrong. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, prove me wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. Prove me wrong, or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. That's to prove me wrong, or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out, walking out.